Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Ryan Plants, our lead pastor, and Brian Cobley, our students director. That was nice, Brian. Um, we are in the second to last week of... That's right. We had last resilient week and then this coming Sunday is the last one in Philippians. Ten we weeks. End, we end it this week. Ten weeks of resilient joy. This was the penultimate. 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 Correct use of that word. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't give me credit for my words. No, that's good. That's and good. I like that. I knew a guy who once used penultimate to mean ultimate. Wait, what? Yeah. Like I did? Went, no, no. I, oh. knew, I knew a guy. Not you. Not you. <laughs> I knew a guy. Yeah. Like, I'm really self-conscious about you. my words Not you, right now. Yeah. No. Okay. Whew. All right. We were. It's <laughs> a so penultimate. Yes. Yeah. Um. What was the uh, scripture that you were assigned? What was your verses and uh, chapter? Four ten through thirteen. 10. I was like, like, what chapter was it? <laughs> ten through thirteen. Ten through thirteen. That's yep. like one of the smallest chunks that we've done. It has been. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a great segue into the first question. Why was it such a small section? Was it very content heavy, or what was the reason why we decided to well, go with honestly, only four Ryan verses? Honestly, I talked about this week before. It could have, it could have taken uh, ten through twenty. We probably 20. could yeah. have ended here. Okay, um, we probably could have incorporated some other things. Uh-huh. However, there are two kind of themes as we'll see going into this yeah. coming Sunday. That um, you know, it's it's a, it's about. It's about giving. It's about generosity. Mm, yep. It's about contentment. It's mm. about kind of supplying and providing needs. And so Brian took more of the contentment piece mm-hmm. because verses ten through thirteen really just kind of focus on Paul's contentment in all things. Yeah. Okay, I, I can find, I can do all things through mm-hmm. Christ who strengthens me. And then Paul kind of goes off fourteen through twenty, talking about um, you know his mm-hmm. his gratitude for yeah. the gifts, which his his passage is kind of like the fountainhead of that. Yep. So we we did the the small amount of verses to make it more singularly focused. Yes, yes. we mm-hmm. could have done. You could more. have done all ten and focused on a different theme. Yeah, okay. Like you could have brought up the concept of contentment, but it probably would have been overshadowed by the mm-hmm. rest of the yeah more of the giving aspect of mm-hmm. the next few verses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or vice versa, or you could have taken contentment yeah. contentment yeah. and yeah. overshadowed kind of the the last mm-hmm. seven or eight verses. Yeah. yeah. So, very superficial question then. When you see 10 through 13 and you're putting together a message and we um, we aim for a half an hour. Like, that yeah. is our that is behind the scenes. That's our goal. We, mm-hmm. we want to make it to at least a half hour mark. Don't really want to press into that 45-minute mark. We've done it before. But right. when you saw... <laughs> were you saying your own name? Sorry. Then? Yeah. <laughs> um, when you saw 10 through 13, were you like, oh, man. It's been so yes. Okay. But it's been a because it's been a while since I've yeah kind of stretched that muscle of writing a thirty mm-hmm. to forty minute sermon on three verses. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, at first I was like, how do I how do I do this again? Yep. Okay, yeah, so for so real fast, for the people um that don't know the full extent of what you do, how how long are you preaching on a Thursday night? Oh fifteen to twenty. Okay. Yeah. But like you've done the thirty, forty five minute message a lot yes. in college. Um, pra- like when we, yeah. especially sp- expository. Yes, mm-hmm. like yep. we're doing right now, mm-hmm. the exegetical yes sermon. So yeah, when I saw the ten through thirteen, it was like, okay, how how do I do how this? Do yeah, you yeah. Talk mm-hmm. thirty minutes on this without mm-hmm. also boring people because it's very easy to actually talk thirty yeah. minutes on it while getting yeah. all of the Greek words, all of yep. the yeah. Because you can you can get into the weeds and you like totally we've could. we've seen churches and sermon series where they do. Very few verses every week, and yep. they're in it for a long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it is a challenge because you're in the middle of a series where you've had people do. What's the biggest chunk that we've probably done? Oh man, probably Allison's, probably Allison's yeah. first half of chapter three was probably the biggest segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you see that there's kind of we we have a big week, we have a small week, but we kind of have this meat that's about five to six verses is probably our average. Sure, when we really dig in. Yeah. yeah. So you go down, and you can get in the weeds, and you kind of have the luxury of being able to pull from previous stuff as well in there. Mm-hmm. Um, lot of connection in there. Um, so. Going back to the question I asked right at the beginning, um, you had said that you were a little bit nervous of three verses, yeah. 30 minutes. Four rough, technically, 10, yeah, 11, sorry, 12, four, 13. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, checks out. But it's four, only yeah. four. And four it's verses. like it's one very clear theme yes. of contentment. Yeah. So, so tell so, me, what goes through your head when you see four verses, yeah. well, not so a lot main, of difference? The main thing was it's very obvious the theme was contentment, mm-hmm. but then the hard branch was but our series is called resilient joy Mm -hmm. and we're talking about joy so it's Mm -hmm. like okay how yeah where do i put the joy Mm -hmm. in contentment or do Mm -hmm. i just ignore Mm -hmm. that we have this overarching yes theme Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that was the hardest part was Mm -hmm. i can do contentment but can i do contentment with joy yeah well what's the answer yeah, I did. No, I did. Okay, I cool. I did. <laughs> did I do it? We are. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're going to analyze how well yeah. you did at that. Um, so, how early in the week did you find kind of your your through line of this is where I'm going? I I saw in the manuscript, um, what was it? How can I find strength for the day? Or yeah. and then. You have the strength for, or no? How can I be okay with today? That's what it was. Yep. Yes, and then you have the strength for the so day. It actually came uh, on Tuesdays. We meet. Mm-hmm. We do a sermon development meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's Ryan, Allison, mm-hmm. and myself, and while we met on Zoom, which was like ten days before this. Yeah, summer, ten yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Um, as we were talking. That's when I came up with it. Was mm-hmm. okay with today, and I like yeah. circled it. Like maybe this is mm-hmm. maybe that's the thing. Maybe yeah. that's the theme. And mm-hmm. just hearing uh, like Ryan and Allison discuss it, just writing down their thoughts. But okay with today, kind of mm-hmm. kind of helped me, especially because Ryan recommended the Proverbs thirty verse. Like, yeah, maybe this could help you. And I read mm-hmm. them like, actually, I think that's the, mm-hmm. that's they, yeah. You, yeah, I use that a lot, kind of as kind of supplementary yeah. kind of content. To yeah. kind of drive the idea of like, here's what this might look like, even yeah. more practically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That verse was when I read it and I kept reading it. I'm like, I don't know if I can actually, yeah, say this prayer and mean this. Prayer. But it seems to be kind of like this ancient Hebrew wisdom proverbs like <laughs> mm-hmm. version of what Paul was saying. Yeah. With contentment, Proverbs yeah. thirty or was it, it was Proverbs thirty, right? Seven yeah, through Proverbs nine. Seven through nine. Yeah. Nine. Looking at um, it right now. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, praying not for riches nor poverty. Hmm. Just, and kind of giving his reasons for the why. Daily bread. Yeah, the, the daily yeah. bread, which again we see echoed in um, Christ's prayer, yeah, the in, prayer in the Lord's prayer in in Matthew five through seven. Yeah. And not only just echoed, we also can you know, see it in Jesus's life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And that's what Paul's embodying in Philippians four. And then, like, I mean, you'd see also like the the discontentment in the life of Jesus, but not him through like Judas when. Uh, oh, totally. When, uh, mm-hmm. The woman who poured the perfume out his. How much, mm-hmm. how much money this was worth? Yeah, you just... mm-hmm. yeah. You see it all around. You see it in James and John too, when they're like kind of clamoring to sit at Jesus' right and left hand side. Like it's never mm-hmm. nothing. It was yeah. never enough, right? They're like our hearts are these kind of unending pits where, man, I can be spending all this time with the Messiah, with Emmanuel, and it's still not enough. I want, mm-hmm. I want the position in eternity, mm-hmm. and let me lock that down. Yeah. And let me not even like I'm not even just going to try to lock that down. I'm going to get my mom 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mom's gonna come in and she's <laughs> yep. gonna talk to Jesus too, and she's gonna she's gonna put in a good word for me. Yeah. She's probably in some sort of sales position, like, oh yeah, mom, mom can sell. Yeah, this. Mom, yeah. mom's got this. Yeah. Hey, James, mom's got this. Yeah. Um, where did that language come from that you used in both of those? The the strength for today or being okay, being okay for today. today. Yeah, it really just came through that that proverb being mm-hmm. um mm. like the daily bread. And then just the contentment, like yeah. being like being okay. But the word contentment was actually really hard to preach on. Because mm. the yeah. word contentment that we think of is like, I'm okay with with today. Mm-hmm. But that word literally means self-reliant. When mm. Paul wrote it, when you mm. look up the Greek, the word actually means self-reliant, dependent upon oneself. Mm-hmm. So then I the complication I had was this is the word he used, but we can clearly see that he's about to tell us that he's dependent upon. Jesus. Yeah, he's. That's not a self reliance. It's not a self reliance. Yeah. but the yeah. literal Greek word contentment meant self reliance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, but when I went through the list, where if you, I ended it with was the last word, it could, like the translation could be was strong enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I think that's. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. his usage of yeah. contentment. But I had yeah. to get through like five other, like the list of definitions. I had to get sure. through the very last one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, yeah, I think it's. Reframing and redeeming the ling- language mm. almost, you know, it's almost yeah. like probably Paul knew that as he was writing it mm. and kind of reframing maybe whatever kind of Greek Roman philosophy was percolating yeah. in the culture yeah. at the time. And it's like, yeah, you understand contentment as this, right? Probably under like Greek virtues, mm-hmm. Plato, Aristotle, this is what contentment looks like. And in fact, I think in like Stoic philosophy, one thing I read was um, it's this idea of like kind of the destruction of desire which I want to talk about desire eventually in our podcast today, but this idea that like, what do you do with desire? Because Mm -hmm. all discontentment comes from desire of some sort. Mm -hmm. And in Stoic philosophy, contentment was found in self-reliance and the destruction of that desire, Mm -hmm. the annihilation of that desire, which is kind of more akin to Buddhism than it is to Christianity where we find our desire fulfilled in something else. Yeah. I was going to say that, but you kind of (laughs) took that. So um, before we hop into desire, um, I'm curious, like you had mentioned, you, Ryan, Allison, you guys have been in these sermon clubs, sermon <laughs> preparation, you know. Sermon club. Sermon club. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys have been doing this since we started the series. Um, did you guys notice, specifically you, Brian, did you notice a turn at all in the letter or the structure of this going into this final chapter? This is kind of the parting words of Paul. Did you notice anything that stuck out a little bit different? I, I think it was Ryan. There was a transition, the conflict that he started like. Oh yeah. It, um, in chapter three, um, where he, be- no, no, beginning of chapter four, when he begins to address the conflict yeah. between um, Euodia and Synecdoche. Yeah. Which I'm totally on Euodia's side. Are you? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. There's mm-hmm. a lot of merits to her. Yeah. Yeah. Argument. Like, We'll talk about this later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a joke. I know, I know, I know. I was on the podcast last week. I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you didn't listen. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we're in this interesting spot where clearly next week you're going to be covering the the final words of this this mm-hmm. letter. Yeah. Um, I was just curious if you noticed anything, and like you'd said, the conflict, um, just in the in the structure of this is the final words that at least that we know of, that he's going to say to Philippi before. Yeah, honestly, I guess for me, the thing that feels like it's changed is now you're kind of just hearing Paul's, like, ending conversation yeah. while mm-hmm. everything else kind of feels like scripture, like yeah. advice, listening to this. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. it's godly wisdom. Mm-hmm. This kind of end is like just Paul talking. We're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can get some 
true side yeah. of this, but we're mm-hmm. really just now Paul mm-hmm. is yeah. It's the human Paul. Well, and what I think is is cool about reading the epistles is realizing that like we clear there's clearly an importance to every word in these letters. But then you also think about how a human would write a letter and yeah. you're like, this is where the meat typically is, right? Like the PS is like the nice pleasantries mm-hmm. that you sign off with. But like if there's anything else that I need to say to these guys before I go, <laughs> this is where I put it. Like the final paragraph. Totally. Totally. Right? I mean, like, yes, scripture is inspired. Philippians yes. is part of scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all um, scripture is God breathed yeah. and is um, good for rebuking, for, mm-hmm. for uh, reproval, all those things. But um, also, like, it's a letter. Yeah. We are reading someone's mail. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're doing. Reading yeah. someone's mail. And yeah, like you said, at the very end, we're going to get, like, hey, here's some administrative things mm-hmm. I want to tie up at the end mm-hmm. of my letter. Because yeah. that's what it is. It's not a theological treatise. Mm-hmm. It's not any of those things. Mm-hmm. It's it's a letter. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what's interesting is, like, if you... Clearly, you can look at this piece of literature in whatever lens you want to, but like if you look at it at the most superficial level of like this is someone's mail, right? Like mm-hmm. this is Paul felt encouraged or he felt the need to write to the Philippians. It's like, okay, so what was the like the last thing that he needed to get across, right? And obviously, contentment was an important thing. And next week, we're going to be talking about generosity. Well, see, I don't even know if he wanted the Philippians really to learn contentment. I think he this is him thanking them, mm-hmm. but also letting him know like, by the way, I didn't need this. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and ultimately, what the letter is, if we're gonna like call it anything, yeah. it's it's a thank you note. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately yeah, what yeah. the whole thing is. And at the very end, he's really just like capping it off and making sure here. And we'll see this mm-hmm. even more this coming week. That this is Paul, like above and beyond anything else, like yeah. writing to the Philippians. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for sending uh, Epaphroditus. Thank you for the food and the money and the gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't need them, mm-hmm. but in a sense, he needed them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it was relief. It was, yeah, it was it relief was, it was to him well, in prison. Yeah, because it wouldn't be Paul without like a little bit of you know redirection there. What's right? so yeah exactly? <laughs> and what's so what's so interesting at the end of the letter is like you you can see Paul is trying to thank them for the gift mm-hmm. and express contentment. Yep. Without trying to come across manipulative. Yeah. And be like, is there any more? Is there any? Uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> or ungrateful too, yes. because yes, or ungrateful. Like I don't want to be ungrateful. Mm-hmm. I want to be grateful, but I don't want to be grateful and like come across like try to like manipulate you yeah. to think like, wow, like Paul really loves us. Mm-hmm. Like he's man. Like let's get more of this love mm-hmm. and let's send him even more stuff. Now, <laughs> yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, what I do love, and I I didn't say this in the sermon, and honestly, just out of it, but I do love that your sermon last week, the week before, the imitate me. I think it was a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Where this is like an example where we can imitate the contentment. Like totally. Through mm-hmm. Paul's example, like, mm-hmm. cool, let's imitate yep. the contentment that he has, yeah. mm-hmm. which is something he learned. Yeah. Um, I would love to kind of pass over to Ryan. Let's talk about what desire? you— Desire? Yeah, desire. Well, let's go—I don't want to go to desire first. I want to talk about contentment for those who are listening right now and kind of one of the great killers of contentment— mm. And that is comparison. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about comparison a little bit. Um, having trouble right now remembering if you touched on that at all. Like, did you address comparison? At I did all? address okay. comparison. Yeah. I, so, what are your thoughts on that with respect to, like, comparison being a great killer of contentment? Yeah, um, it's a great killer of my killer of my contentment. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Me too. I will say, yeah, just in my position of life, um, you know, I see people, especially in this area, man. Mm-hmm. Like, how much money is in this area? Mm-hmm. Um, just how much money people spend on on stuff that I would love, but mm-hmm. just yeah. look at the price tag. Like, how did you, 
how can you buy that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, the joke that I said was, I would love a the Roomba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like even um, I looked at the, uh, the Cyber, Cyber Monday, Monday deals on it. Mm-hmm. And then someone was like, hey, yeah, it's so cheap. You should get it now. And I looked at him like, but it's still a hundred dollars. Yeah, way it's, more expensive than a broom. I'll tell you that. Yep. <laughs> no, but and I'm like looking at the original price, which I could find. Like, like, yeah, this is re- normally six hundred dollars. It's like, yes, yeah, so you should get it. It's a great deal. It's hundred. I'm like, but it's still a hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't have mm-hmm. just a hundred dollars. I could mm-hmm. just spend. spend on a room so I see people doing that, and that like really kills me because you know I look at my wonderful gifted vacuum cleaner that I got to do the work on. I'm like, this yeah. thing is just stupid. Why do yeah. I got to do all the yeah. work here? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's think, true. What do you think is the solution to comparison? The answer is the strength of, strength of Jesus, Jesus yeah. the uh-huh. Christian answer. But what does that practically look like? Yeah. But I mean, is is comparison bad? I think when comparison breeds discontentment, which is yeah. the primary thief of joy. Yeah. I think it is. But I think that is such a natural human thing to mm-hmm. look at. We're set apart. To me, None to look at myself world. and uh-huh. then to look at you, right? Yeah. I should notice that there's differences, right? But I think when the envy and oh, yeah. all that other stuff creeps in, because I think where it steals your joy, yeah, like it steals your joy, yeah. and like I said in the message, where because I talked about goals and dreams, like goals mm-hmm. and dreams are great to have, but mm-hmm. it's when and we usually get those goals and dreams because we yeah. see that someone else has mm-hmm. done that, yes. and we're like, yeah. I want, I want to do that. There's too. like a role model yeah, that uh-huh. you have, but it's when, like Paul says, imitate me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but when yeah. it becomes such an unsatisfaction that you're not there, that now you're miserable. Yeah, and now you yes. and you're yeah. making everybody around you. Miserable. So that's when it's that's when comparison becomes yes. you know a detriment to our yes. own spiritual health. Um, I look at the stuff that I have and like this sucks. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. why the, I don't I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And like you start you really start hating the thing that maybe somebody else will look is looking to your mm-hmm. item going. I would love that. Like give, yeah. give that to me then. Yes. If you and I, yeah. you don't. And want I'm not that. trying to be like a a stickler on the word, but I mean comparison like that the healthy side of it is if you're looking at someone that you should be imitating, like you should compare yourself with them and realize. I am not X, Y, and Z, and those are the areas that yes. I really need to become yep. more Christ-like. Yep. But it's, yeah, like the envy, it's the, um, one of the reasons I got off social media is like, then the judgment that you have towards other people. Like, I would be on social media, I'd be looking at people's lives, and I'm like, yeah, but I bet like they're probably doing X, Y, and Z. Right? It's or your, they got it this way. It's, so, and yes. what you're doing there yeah. is you are trying to solve your discontentment yes. problem. Yeah. Because you've compared, mm-hmm. you feel inadequate yes. or yep. like my life isn't as good and so you fall you into the- saying that i'm feeling those things because it's like getting real <laughs> <laughs> when i do that, yes thank you thank you thank you thank you. i can feel yeah. those things and mm-hmm. fall into this trap of or the this pit of discontentment mm-hmm. and so then i try to rationalize mm-hmm. and say oh but you know what i know that social media that's the highlight reel we're not yes. seeing the b-roll mm-hmm. we're not seeing the behind the scenes footage mm-hmm. and so i get to this spot where it's like okay you know i know that their life isn't perfect mm-hmm. which to some extent, obviously, yeah. it's reality mm-hmm. and it's a good kind of exercise. But then we get judgmental, like yes. you said, which yep. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to like beat the same drum, but I think the ultimate solution to comparison that breeds discontentment is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the very thing that we kind of addressed at the at the very very beginning yeah. with respect to perspective. Mm-hmm. The gratitude is the great perspective shifter, mm-hmm. and um, you know, secular psychology has pointed out like the importance of gratitude. We mm-hmm. can not only be grateful for um, the security, strength, and hope mm-hmm. that we have in Christ, but we have gratitude for what we do have. Mm-hmm. Hey, I might not have a Roomba, but if I have a functioning vacuum cleaner, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when my wife and I lived in North Carolina in this old house that was built in 1919. 
we were renting this place in North Carolina. It didn't have central AC. We had a couple window units. Um, it had this old, weird, gross kitchen in the back. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a dishwasher. We had three kids. And it was like, man, this is, I wish we had a dishwasher. And like, there was this sense of like, well, at least we could be grateful we have a sink to wash mm-hmm. our dishes in. Yeah. You know, and I know that sounds trite, but there's things where we can actually be grateful for. Like we have this home that we can live in. Mm-hmm. We're creating memories in. I think being grateful for what we do have. I have a functioning vacuum cleaner mm-hmm. or if you don't even have a vacuum cleaner, I have a broom. Like you said, mm-hmm. like it's not as yeah. cheap as a broom. I have a broom yeah. Yeah. that can clean up this mess and this home that I can take care of. And, I, and I think that gratitude also leads to like consciousness of realizing that I'm so thankful that I have a vacuum because there's people that only have a broom or there's people that have dirt floors. And Mm -hmm. you realize like, wow, there's a lot of need out there, right? Like not only do I have the gratitude, but also realizing that like there is a world of need Mm -hmm. outside of ours. And sure, I would love a Roomba. Like Mm -hmm. I have friends who have Roombas. I'm like, that'd be sweet. But also I have a vacuum. I have a broom and I have like a house, right? And I think it's this kind of balancing act of you're not like, oh my gosh, I'm now overwhelmed by how needy the world is. Yeah. But I'm also thankful for what I have. Right. Yeah. And that flip side of, you know, as we as you know, and then we kind of get into comparison again yeah. and we look toward the less fortunate mm-hmm. and not using the less fortunate to make us more yep. grateful. Let's yep. use the less yes. fortunate exactly. to be like, yes. man, I how much do I have? And yes. actually instead of wanting more, how can I use the yes. much that we do have, because yes. if you live in America, I understand that there are some people who are really struggling. Mm-hmm. If you live in this country, you have you have much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and there are ways in which you can continue to pour oneself out and mm-hmm. give in a variety of ways um, toward those who mm-hmm. need it. Yeah, um, even even if you don't have what your neighbor has. Mm-hmm. Um, let, me ask, let me ask this question: yeah. that is kind of a popular thought process in today's world. Is minimalism a good application for contentment? I think in so much as it doesn't adhere to the annihilation of desire. And so we can use that as like a bridge to the desire conversation. When we utilize minimalism as like like a a mechanism to eliminate desire um, for the sake of eliminating desire, um, then I think it actually becomes a problem because then it leans into contentment in self-reliance. I do think there's value in minimalism, though, um, in paring down one's material possessions and living with only what you really need. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, we're left with the desire question. It doesn't eliminate human desire, technically, even though you're kind of superficially doing that. Um, We all have this kind of eternal pit in our hearts that need to find rest somewhere. Mm -hmm. And what we do with that desire is of the utmost importance and mm-hmm. simply trying to like, you know, burn it off or cut it off is mm-hmm. not going to be the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. I was going to say minimalism is such a broad spectrum of like, what is it? What are we truly talking about? When we're talking about minimalism. Cause obviously we're all familiar with like minimalism design. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the actual philosophy of life, like only what I need. Um, I would agree. Like it's, to me, minimalism at times can also just kind of feel like guardrails where it's like, are you really addressing the issue or are you just putting these limitations on yourself to avoid that issue? Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately, our desire needs to terminate in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Paul was getting at. Like Paul was celebrating and had a party when Epaphroditus mm-hmm. showed up with the gifts, undeniably. Like he mm-hmm. was like, yes, like mm-hmm. this is amazing. But what we have to remember is that because Paul said he learned the secret of contentment, he was celebrating before that. Mm-hmm. 
he was yeah. he was already having a party mm-hmm. like he was already good because he he his desires were mm-hmm. were finding their fulfillment in Christ mm-hmm. and there is no like silver bullet for that that is the process of learning contentment it is a yeah. lifelong process contentment is not a destination it's a journey mm-hmm. and it's growing and walking in Christ throughout our lives in such a way where we um more and more place our desires in Jesus Christ. You know, Martin Luther said that the only way to trump the desire for sin is to have a greater desire. Mm-hmm. I mean, even he understood this 500 years ago. Um, it's commonly understood in like circles with addicts and people who are suffering with substance abuse that you can't, really can't eliminate those yeah. desires. Like those things are like dragons. And the only way to like get rid of those desires, so to speak, is to have a, like a, a greater desire that trumps those. Mm-hmm. And that's to be found in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cultivated over a long mm-hmm. life of walking with Jesus. Yeah, I think um, we had talked a couple of weeks ago about like a one-off podcast when I had mentioned um, like translation and inerrancy and mm-hmm. all of that. And I think another like just hearing this conversation, another fun one-off would just be like Eastern teachings versus like our Western context because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of what we learn from the Bible is a universal human condition, mm-hmm. right? But I think when we talk about desire, um, that really kind of goes into like the American dream of mm-hmm. like you are told from grade school that you should have a dream and a desire that you need to chase after for the rest of your life. And what we're learning through Jesus' teachings and what Paul is teaching us as well is like there's a lot of death to self in there and death to an American dream. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to even get into like all of that. But I just think that it's interesting hearing all this stuff from the Bible and then realizing how countercultural it is to us. And that's not mm. a new idea of counterculturism, yeah, but totally. how much of this is really hard for us to visualize and move forward with just based off of how we were raised mm-hmm. in this Western context. Well, <clears throat> even not just counterculture, what, what is something that we read just in our context that's not correct? And I'll give you the Philippians 4.13, mm-hmm. that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Now mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. So like before really diving into the sermon, I could use, I could throw that verse out to anybody mm-hmm. to just say, yeah, keep keep working hard. Like Christ yeah. has given you the strength to achieve mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. goal. But when you look at that, the context, it's like actually he's given you the strength to be okay. Yeah. To, like mm-hmm. to understand. Be okay with today. Would yeah. be okay with today mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have contentment. Like, no, that's, yeah, that's. Ex- so, so we can read in our mm-hmm. Western context of the American dream, you'd be like, yeah, you have the strength to go after mm-hmm. your dreams. You have the, Christ is strengthening you to go after. It's like, no, he's, that's not what's actually. It's not what he's saying. Yeah. You have strength to be okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think in America, with the American dream and our current like context and situation, yeah. I think many of us approach this conversation from the angle of, man, I need to be content with what I already have. Yeah, you know, and I might not have all that that person has, but I can mm-hmm. be content with little in quotation yes. marks for those that are listening. Mm-hmm. However, I'll I'll beat this drum again. It's okay. Most people have stopped listening. At this point. What we've said so yeah, far has yeah. kind of pissed them off. So they're okay, gone. All right, yeah, great. They're gone. <laughs> the contentment, we have a lot. Mm-hmm. We have a lot. And so like one one thing I wanted to throw out there was, you know, when we think of a contentment, we think of, man, I'll, I'll try to be content with what I have. But ultimately we have a lot. Um, how does this message, how does what Paul said in Philippians 4, 10 through 13 speak to our culture, whether we recognize it or not, being content with much? Mm. Say that question again. How does, how does um, Paul's message of like learning contentment, how do we learn contentment with much? 
or maybe a different question. What What's easier, being content with little or content with much? I think it's easier to be content with little. But he does say, he doesn't give us the reason why, because he does say he has learned content in plenty. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think, I honestly think it would be easier to be content with little. Mm-hmm. Like, just it's your lifestyle. You, 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 know, you have what you need for today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hear my dad, like, pretty much has a profession of people who just want to upgrade their houses because they went to somebody else's house and realized they didn't have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they didn't have that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're, they just become discontent with what they currently have mm-hmm. because somebody else had something nicer or something better. Totally. Like, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's easier to say, I can't even afford that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. I think mm-hmm. it's way easier to say, yeah, I can't afford it instead of having ever, like the mm-hmm. the money to just keep burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah, I got to upgrade. Yeah, mm-hmm. my Roomba to the next Roomba. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, disposable income, right, presents an option for us where we can have the choice to be uh, content or discontent. And disposable income presents options, and I think options, just like comparison, can create discontentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we think to ourselves, like, okay, now I can choose, and what do I want? And whereas if you're in a spot where you don't have those options, and you're barely getting by, or you're going into debt, there's a sense in which, like, man, like, you're learning a whole different lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter if you have $100 of disposable income every month or $100,000. You know, I was talking to an individual who works in, um, uh, like, high-performance vehicles, and these individuals have as a hobby, like outfitting their, you know, vehicles with, you mm-hmm. know, $13,000 exhausts wow. for their vehicle to, the, to go race. And like, mm-hmm. it sounds like an incredible hobby and an incredible hobby that I will never participate in, you know, <laughs> yep. but like, there's just different levels. But just because I can't do that doesn't mean that the smaller amount of disposable income I have won't create some level of discontentment where it's like, well, I do I buy the putter from Costco yeah. or do I go online or do I go mm-hmm. to the nice golf shop yeah. and buy a nice putter? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, well, if I get, you know, the putter at Costco, well, I, I guess if I had a couple hundred extra bucks, I could have bought that nicer Titleist mm-hmm. putter or something yeah. like that, you know? And, and just that the options can breed discontentment as well. Do you, think, I, that, do you think that extra $200 is going to improve your game? Your putting not game? with a putter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and what I think is so interesting about, like when you get into conversations about like what do I need versus what do I want, and like we're talking about golf clubs, like mm-hmm. that's a want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, we're okay with purchasing stuff that we want, and we don't feel this overwhelming sense of guilt, right? Of like that could have gone to a clean water initiative or whatever, right? I mean, there's buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. Is buyer's remorse. But what I think is interesting with with the, like this conversation about desire and contentment is. I think we rely a lot on the spirit, right? And we rely on conviction and we say, you know, it just didn't feel right. I was being convicted not to do this. But what I think is interesting as well is like from a psychological point of view, like we as humans constantly, um, I forget the word that it's called, uh, moral licensing, right? I deserve this, right? Mm. Or I need, like I've done X, Y, and Z. I give my 10% at church. So like I should be able to. Entitlement. Yeah, which is like what we do though. Like moral licensing, like that theory in psychology is because um, I've given myself enough time to run around this decision, I've come out with a solution or a thought process that allows me to do it, right? 
very much entitlement. I deserve it. I've done X, Y, and Z. But it's difficult when you get into a conversation about desires of, is this is this a lack of conviction or is it just moral licensing, right? Like I haven't heard anything from the Spirit telling me like, maybe you shouldn't have gone out and did that extravagant thing. Or have you just talked yourself into it because that's our human nature, right? Well, and it doesn't matter if you've received conviction or you've heard it, your yeah. soul's not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. And if you think like, oh, if I buy, essentially, what end or aim are you, what's what's driving your mm-hmm. action? Yeah. And if it's like, well, I want to get that putter like because my other one's old and broken and yeah. I do have the disposable income and I find myself like being generous in other areas mm-hmm. and I don't believe mm-hmm. that that putter is going to satisfy some deep hole in my heart of longing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the problem comes when we think, when I get that thing, mm-hmm. whether it's the $13,000 exhaust or the $100 putter mm-hmm. or whatever it might yeah. be, that when I get that thing, then I'm going to feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you probably will for a little bit. Yeah. But again, like... Until somebody has a better putter. Until someone has a better putter mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a week passes and mm-hmm. you're like, man, the the high I got off of that mm-hmm. purchase... Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, not, it's not yeah. scratching the contentment itch. You're looking for the next one. You're looking for the next thing. And that's, that's what I think Paul's getting at with this idea of contentment and learning it is that it doesn't, when it comes to our desire and dependency, it's never going to find fulfillment in a thing or a lack of thing. Yeah. That's the importance there. It's not going to find fulfillment in, you know, we see this in Ecclesiastes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the writer of Ecclesiastes states like, I pursued all pleasures and all desires and had nothing. And then we see, you know, you know, Solomon supposedly writing both, mm-hmm. you know, in Proverbs 30, writing, give me not much, give me not little, yeah. like give me my daily bread, mm-hmm. like, and ultimately finding our desires terminating in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about like getting it all. It's not about forsaking it all and taking this vow of poverty. It's about finding our desires in Christ and mm-hmm. being grateful for whatever lot he places us in life. Yeah, yeah. I did ask that question if we can honestly say that. Don't give me riches. When I asked the question, could you honestly say, God, do not give me that Christmas bonus this year? Yeah. But Audrey and I are actually are learning a pretty pretty good lesson during this Christmas season of mm-hmm. contentment and just honestly through the eyes of our son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, friends who just love buying their kids really nice things. Um, instead of friends, um, the, the kids' grandparents are buying them like a $1,700 quad. Wow. Cool, cool grandparents. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and so then Audrey and I, like, what are we, what are we getting Kate? And, you know, I'm looking at the Amazon list. I'm looking mm-hmm. at like a hundred dollar. Roomba. No, no. train oh. Like <laughs> wooden, wooden train set. You know, my son, He could sit on it. You know, my a uh, hundred dollar wooden train set. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm like, well, oh, this is an awful gift. If like mm. his friend is going to be rolling up in a. In a quad. Yeah. In a quad. quad yeah. yeah. Um, so then like. Audrey and I like, what do we do? Like, what should we get them then? What's our big gift? You know, we, mm-hmm. this question mm-hmm. we ask ourselves, what is our big gift? Mm-hmm. So Audrey asked Kate, like, Kate, what do you want for Christmas? And he, this was his answer. I want a Christmas tree and I want a present under it and a plane. <laughs> so I was like, there There's you go. no way you can buy him a plane. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's at least a thousand dollars. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. That's way more. Anybody working for Boeing, yeah. if you can. It makes me think of the one video of the kid. Um, An avocado. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like, that's yeah. contentment, yeah. right? Like, he opens up the gift and it's an avocado. And it was, yeah. like, meant to obviously be, like, a joke and maybe, yeah. like, stir the pot and, like, get the kid upset. And he's like, an avocado. Thanks. Thanks. And it's yeah. like, 
what a sweet kid. Like, yes, what a sweet kid. Grateful and all and then the Then it way. made me want his avocado. Like, why is he so, yeah, like, why is, why is he so happy? Yeah, why did like, he get the avocado? <laughs> and I bet it was Where's right. Because <laughs> all my avocados are still really firm. Yes. Yeah, well, isn't that uh, the concept of uh, the Count of Monte Cristo? Is there was his rich friend was always jealous of his poor friend. And that was his big dilemma. Is why I haven't read that in a I've long I've only time. read the Bible, so I don't okay. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, really, he, he betrayed and, like, turned on his friend because he just was jealous of a poor guy. And he's like, mm. this doesn't make any sense. I should wow. be jealous yeah. of a poor man. Wow. That'll preach. That'll preach. <laughs> Good illustration. Save that. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I did not start the timer, so I have no idea if we've been going for 10 minutes or 40 minutes, but I'm going to assume we're probably at a spot we should wrap up. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any last thoughts before we close out the podcast? Well, no, you just told us we can't go farther, so yeah, whatever. No, no, I'm just saying, like, don't go on a, a no, diatribe. I'm, I'm content. But, I'm content you know. with where we're at. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking forward to uh, this Sunday wrapping up Philippians. It's kind of exciting to have kind of walked through Philippians 10 weeks, um, probably a bit of a longer series than Arbor as a church has been used to, uh, but it feels like we've um, learned a lot from it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been really, it's been a good journey. I know I've been really challenged and convicted, especially this past week on contentment. I'm not sure how you could walk away from Brian's sermon and not be convicted regarding your contentment, and so was really grateful for that week and looking forward to one more week. So. Mm-hmm. I had something I was going to say, but compared to what you guys said, it's probably not good. So um, I'm going to call it there. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening or watching the Fallout Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. 